What is going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Unconventional Education Show, where we talk entrepreneurship, we talk mindset, and we talk life experiences to help you level up and become the best version of yourself. Awesome, guys. Well, I am fired up to bring you our guest on the show today. And I feel like tenacious is probably one of the best words to describe you. And one of my good friends, Ruben Alvarez, connected us. And just after hearing your story and and which I want you to definitely share in depth with our listeners. Just what you've overcome and what you've been able to build and do is just so beyond inspiring. And I'm just so excited for you to share with everyone here. So today we have on Melissa Jackson. She's a high performance coach. She has an emphasis on habit implementation with what she coaches, which you guys know I'm all about that. So just fired up for the value you're going to bring. How are you doing, Melissa? I'm doing awesome. Thanks so much for having me on. Appreciate it. Absolutely. So... I would love to start with you just kind of sharing your story and your background. You have an unreal story and I feel like it's really going to hit home with some of our listeners. And like I said, it reminds me a lot of my own mom, like everything she's gone through. So uh, I'd love for you to start off just by kind of sharing your background. Yeah. So I'll share where I'm at now. That way I don't make the audience depressed, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> so right now I've had an amazing opportunity. I'm training for a hundred mile bike race in September. I'm training for my first pageant. I'm absolutely dominating it. My businesses have had the opportunity to share the stage with some of the biggest industry as well as world leaders. But the thing is, is I was blessed with a lot of adversity to build up to this point. So taking it back, you know, I was self-educated from the age nine up. Neither one of my parents graduated high school. I sat there and I taught myself from a six-year-old GD book how to basically do everything outside of multiplying fractions. And that led me to, you know, really being able to teach myself, being able to advocate for myself, being able to say, okay, I can teach myself these ways to overcome things. I can adapt. I can get better. I can, you know, work around the adversity that I was given. And I'm a firm believer in repurposing life's lessons from the past for the future. So good news, right? So I worked up to four jobs after that and put myself through college. Finally was building my first business. And then after all of that, after self-educating, after hustling, after working multiple jobs and putting myself through college, I was 25 years old interviewing neurosurgeons, getting brain surgery and multiple additional surgeries and fighting for my own life, which in turn... I saved my own life by my ability to self-educate myself. So I've been given a lot of adversity. I've been given a lot of opportunities to opt out, but I'm really grateful for every single one, every single chapter of my life, because it's how it got me to where I'm at now. And I know it'll get me to that next level. I love that. One of what you just said, you were blessed from adversity and I try to tell people all the time, like, it's, it's awesome to hear that you're grateful for going through those, those traumatic events, because I feel like they make you stronger and they give you a lot of purpose. And ultimately for me and my listeners, I've, I've shared this many times, like I got expelled from high school in ninth grade and mm -hmm. I couldn't afford college at first. And those are two things that I'm the most grateful for that ever happened to me because mm -hmm. that started my drive to become successful. Right. Yeah. So dig a little into your reasoning for like blessed from adverse adversity, like what does that mean to you? And like, why should people feel blessed from that adversity that they go through? I think that adversity for me personally is the one thing that unites us. 
Like if we weren't going through pain or going through adversity, I don't think that we would really communicate with one another, <laughs> to be honest. It brings you to humanity. It's the way that we connect with one another. Once you realize that you're not the only person that's going through crap, you're not the only one that's experienced these emotions, no matter what it is, it's a great opportunity to unite with other people, to understand and help them through their challenges. So I'm a very big believer that your adversities are something that you that's a gift to you and that you can repurpose and give to the world that you can show them that they can come through anything and everything. But in all reality, just to give you a little bit more detail as to how this felt out in my life, um, the brain surgery I had to get at 25 years old, I lost mobility in my right hand. I lost mobility in my right foot. I could not remember literally how to get home. Um, and they had to remove the back part of my skull and shave off a slab of scar tissue from my brain. Because every single time that my heart was beating, my brain was literally beating into my skull. Every single time. Because my brain didn't fit into my skull. So it was ungodly freaking painful. Ungodly painful. It was something that the doctors were not aware of. It was something that I was born with. But they just kept misdiagnosing it as migraines and all of these other things. And it's a, it can be life-threatening. 100%. But I was blessed with the opportunity of having to fight for myself and my education at a very young age that I was able to connect with the top neurosurgeons in the United States to help save my own life. I was able to figure out what the neurosurgeons locally did not know. I was able to advocate for myself and fight for that and go and do the research myself. So the challenges I faced before, literally, not you know just saying this, but literally saved my life. Wow. That's incredible. And I love, I love what you said about unity and how it brings people together. Cause I feel like people almost build relationships based off the painful things they've went through in many ways. And another thing I love that you said that I want to dig into is your, the importance you put on self-education and how much it's helped you. I mean, my entire book I wrote, it's, it's about how the most important lessons I learned to become successful came from outside of traditional school. And I was yeah. enough to go get a college degree and all of that. But I realized that everything that's helped me get to the level I'm at is from self-education. So let's talk, let's talk self-education a little more and what that means to you and like the impact it's had on your life. Mm -hmm. Well, for me, you know, it was, it was a great opportunity. Like I said, being self-educated from the age nine up, neither parent graduated high school. It was like, Hey, here's a GED book, graduate by the time you're 16. And when you are able to really appreciate the importance of education and the doors that it opens for you, you sometimes you take it a lot more seriously. So since it wasn't something that was open for me, I didn't, you know, have money to go to college. Like I worked and went through college and I fought for it, but I appreciated it a lot more because it wasn't a natural gift. I would say the biggest advantage that I think that that gives me over traditional educated people, if you will, is I appreciate education. And I know that education doesn't end once you get a degree. It doesn't end once you graduate high school. Education is a consistent process. And a lot of people don't approach it that way. They're like, oh, I'm done at 18 years old. I graduated high school and, you know, I'm not going to read another book. And if you're the same person at, you know, 30, 40 years old as you were when you were 18, I think that that's honestly not to be rude, but that's one of the biggest failures of life. If you're seeing life the same way at 18 years old as you are at 40, then you fail. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. agree more. I, I think life is just a growth journey. And I look at it as either you're growing or you're dying. It's one or the other, like you're getting better or you're getting worse. And mm -hmm. so I, I love that approach. So you went through all of this adversity. I love your self-education approach. So where does that all come together for you to go on to become a high performance coach? Like when did that click for you? Or when did you make that decision that that was the path you wanted to take? 
You know, it's, it's something I've always wanted to be a motivational speaker. Um, and I've always wanted to be someone that empowers someone. I found this life purpose, this life mission statement at the age of 14 years old, when I decided that I was going to be, and I made this like a declaration. I was like, I'm going to be the best person I can be, regardless to other people's opinions, oppression or suppression, regardless to anybody else's limitations. I'm going to show people that they can put anything that they put their minds to. That was a declaration I made at 14 years old. And the motivation that gave me to work my face off while I was working up the poor jobs and putting myself through college. I didn't know what life had set for me though. I didn't know that it was going to test my life purpose so much, but I really re-engaged with that after getting sick, after getting the brain surgery, after getting 12 additional surgeries, after the brain surgery, trying to save my own life. I really re-engaged on that life purpose and I was like, okay, you need to tap back into this life purpose. You need to tell yourself and the world that you meant that declaration that you made, that you weren't just full of shit. A lot of times we say all these big things and when life tests us, it's like, yeah, you know, I thought I meant that, but I really don't. <laughs> so at that point, it was just a self-reflection of like, okay, this is your life declaration that you made. Do you really mean it? And when I started really modeling that in my own life and fixing my own life i just started to have a lot of people that were like hey can you show me how you did that can you help me rebuild my life can you help me take it to the next level based on me leading by example and it just kind of organically happened from there that's awesome i, I love that you share that because i feel like people force trying to get down that path sometimes in a way that like you said, it's so important to have gone through the adversity and gone through the experiences to actually learn the lessons so you can go and help others rather than, and I heard you, you and Ruben talking about just how many people haven't really done it and are trying to teach other people. So it happens when you're, when you're coming from a place of trying to add value and help other people genuinely, that's when it starts to come together, I feel like. Yeah. And that you've done it yourself. Like, that's the thing is like, you have to walk the talk like you like there everybody has a bullshit detector and if you're not leading by example in your life you're not going to be a coach or a mentor or an influencer or any of that stuff i do all of my stuff for me because i know i can't fix the world if i'm jacked up if i'm not taking care of myself if i'm not following through am i doing my own crap and that in turn inspires people to want to follow or implement it in their own lives i'm a very firm believer in leading by example so important. So important. So what your emphasis is, is habit implementation. And I was listening to you talk about how you actually implemented a habit per week. Is that mm -hmm. correct? For mm -hmm. two years? Talk, mm -hmm. talk, talk us through that process because that's incredible. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a fun process and it was interesting. So when I was doing it, I didn't know that it was going to like be the big hit that it was. So to give people kind of a timeline, 2015 had brain surgery, sawed off the back part of my brain, shaved off the slab scar tissue to try to prevent me from having neurological sleep apnea and all of that stuff. And then I had to get 12 additional surgeries to keep me from blacking out every three hours, uh, where they injected blood and glue into my spinal cord connected to the neurological disorder. Even after all those surgeries, I could only be upright for a couple hours a day without blacking out. I would be like, I'm gonna fix everything in my life. My house is a mess, my finances suck, I'm gonna do all this crap. And then I'd black out and I'd be bedridden for three more days, even after all of those surgeries. So what I started doing is I started implementing small incremental habits. So I was like, okay, what I can't change everything today, but I can change this one thing 
and I could focus on it, implement it, and then do another thing the next day, and then the next day, and the next day. And what I've been able to do with that is work around my disability, work around the chronic illness, and develop enough systems that I actually can outperform even some people that are healthy. I can work up to 18 hours a day. I can, you know, train for a 100-mile bike race. I can do a lot of things not based on my chronic illness going away. My brain still does not fit into my skull, but based on the habits I implemented around the current situation I was in. That's amazing. So we always preach to people and I mean, embody it ourselves, how one small habit that you implement and you actually make that change in your life can lead to just an abundance of habits surrounding it. So what level did you start at? Like where was the starting point for the habits for you? For a starting point for me was, um, I, I think I did two within a week. Um, and I'm not telling people to do this, obviously talk to your doctor, but for me personally, number one thing is I flushed all my prescriptions down the toilet. I was like, okay, I need to know what I'm dealing with in order to fix it. You cannot fix a hole in the wall that you can't see. Right. So I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to get off everything and I'm going to see, okay, what exactly am I dealing with? Where's the pain from? What is the, what is all the stuff I'm dealing with? So I can start implementing the habits around it. Outside of that, the first habit that I implemented was just not hitting the snooze button. I loved the snooze button. I'd sit there and I literally, <laughs> I hit that shit for four hours straight. <laughs> it's like every five minutes. Apparently I like to wake up. But that was one of it. I was like, okay, I'm just, I'm going to get up and I'm going to be pissed about it. But at least I'm not starting the morning off with a failure. Yeah, that's incredible. Like you said, and just going back to the one small change literally not hitting the snooze button. And I mean, it is a big deal for a lot of people. And I think that's a big problem people have is sleeping in and not getting up on time, but just forcing yourself to get out of bed every day, right when your alarm goes off, then I feel like you make that one win and you implement that one win. And now you have the confidence to go and implement other bigger habits stemming from that. Yeah. So many people think it's just about, you know, losing weight or it's just about doing the cold calls or it's just about this. But the thing about it is, it's all connected. And I, I always tell my coaching clients this, Everyone talks about self-love, but you would not love someone, whether it was your spouse, your, your um, friend, whoever it is, if they lied to you every single damn day, like 30 times a day. So how are you supposed to have self-love if you're not fulfilling the commitments that you're making to yourself consistently? If you're making these declarations to yourself consistently and not doing them, that is not self-love. You cannot have self-love if you do not respect yourself enough to not lie to yourself regularly. Absolutely. Absolutely. So in terms of your coaching clients, who are you working with mostly? Are you working with entrepreneurs, just people from every walk of life? Like, is there a specific type of person you work with? Um, I primarily only work with like highly driven people that are ready for a change because I am a very intense person. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but I've worked with entrepreneurs. I've worked with people that um, are working sales jobs. I'm working with, I've worked with people that are working regular jobs. I've helped people overcome chronic illness, or I should say work around chronic illness. I've helped pretty much everyone, but for the most part, entrepreneurs that are looking to reach the next level, entrepreneurs that understand that success is a system, if they can implement enough systems and see the patterns that they can create radical success versus kind of just staying on a hamster wheel, if you will, and not going the direction that they want to. I, I would love to dig a little more into that because most of the people listening to this podcast are entrepreneurs at different stages of the game. And systems are so like systems are everything when it comes to business. Like what are the systems yeah. that you're implementing for yourself or encouraging other entrepreneurs to implement? 
Yeah, so I've got a, let me, let me get it right now. Um, so I've got a list right now, and this is just some of them that I go through personally um, on a regular basis. So this is my personalized checklist. I've got it on my phone. It's an app checklist. And what I do is one of them I do, and I would highly, highly suggest any entrepreneur, any athlete to do this. It's called the after action report. If you look it up, it's traditional in the military. People do it after, you know, action and all that stuff and figure out what they did wrong. I kind of created my own one for entrepreneurs or athletes. So the number one thing um, that I do is once I get done with an activity, I did this this morning after my bike ride, um, I write down scale of one to 10. How did I do? Scale one to 10, rate yourself. That way you know truthfully where you're at. Next step I do is I celebrate my wins. What did I do right? What did I do right at the end of that? And then what can I do better? And then I write down what the habits are that can make me get better at that. For example, for this morning, I needed to hydrate more before my bike ride. I needed to be making sure I took a particular supplement before my bike ride. If you can do an after action report when you're an entrepreneur after your cold calls, after your day, you can systematically apply things into your life where you're like, okay, if I tweak this one thing, if I just write out my day the night before, it will change everything. So for what I do is I do a morning routine where I do uh, meditation, morning, in the morning, reading, visualization, exercise. I also write down my goals every single day. I do sales training every day. I do an after action report. Um, I do a power hour, which is where I hammer through as much as I can within an hour long period, first thing in the morning. And then I always plan my night, my day the night before. Those are some of the habits that I have my uh, clients implement and that I personally implement on a regular basis. I mean, those are all amazing. I think implementing a morning routine in general, I mean, takes anyone's performance to the next level. And it's, mm -hmm. it's taking ownership of your day. I think too many people start their day and let the day pull them and are being reactive instead of proactive. And mm -hmm. so I love that you shared that. And I'm working on being better with my meditation in the morning. That's one thing I struggle with because we have a, a noisier environment here. Yeah. So I get distracted. But just starting the day I, for me, I don't look at any screens for the first hour of the day. Like I don't yeah. put myself in a position to be pulled by someone else. I, I make it so that I'm taking ownership and I'm in charge. And then it just sets the tone. Like you're able to perform so much better after that. Yeah. You're not a victim of everyone else's drama or gossip or whatever, or whatever the hell's on the internet or what's in your inbox or anything like that. You're going into the day empowered versus in a victim reactive mode. A hundred percent. Yeah. Love it. So Another thing I wanted to hit on with you is listening to, you know, you, you share with Ruben and I know you said before this call that you're not tied to the organization, but you've been able to receive mentorship from Grant Cardone, correct? Um, I, yeah, I had him on my podcast once and then I got a one-on-one uh, -on -one coaching session with him once, which was a complete game changer. And I've also signed up to a couple of his mentor programs, which I absolutely loved. So I'm all about mentorship. And I feel like with role models, especially, I love Grant. I'm a huge fan of his as well. Um, I'm always looking for role models and like taking specific things that I love that they do and implementing it to my career and what I'm building. But like, what were some takeaways? And you said you're a big 10X person. What are some of your biggest takeaways from what you've learned from Grant? You know, I've read all of his books probably at least 10 times, <laughs> um, to be honest. And I think the biggest thing for me was just the fact of how important money is. Um, I think there's this stigma when it comes to people talking about money where they think money's not going to make you happy. Money's not important. Money's not any of this stuff. And personally for me, what, and I made a video exactly about this, money's not important until it's literally something you don't have. And 
I had to make the decision in 2017 of like, okay, do I, can I go and get these surgeries that they're telling me that I need, or do I need to go back and move in with my parents or be homeless? Like it was that decision. And the bit, and it was a crappy decision to make. It was a hundred percent a crappy decision. And I hope, and I pray that none of your audience members or anyone, you know, or you personally ever have to make that decision of, you know, do I give up my health and well being for, for keeping a roof over my head? And the big thing that I found the Cardones shortly after that and stumbled upon one of Grant's videos that I loved is it gave permission to understand that money's important, that money does matter. Money matters for you being able to have freedom in your life. Money matters for the decisions that you're going to make in your life. Money matters and it's okay that it matters. And I think that that's a huge prison that a lot of people unfortunately put themselves in and it takes away a lot of their freedom. So where do you start when you're coaching with people? Because I, I definitely believe that's a recurring issue that I see that people have is they have a poor money blueprint, right? And a lot of people have been conditioned that way and they have bad beliefs around money. Where do you normally start with clients to kind of rewrite that blueprint? Because that's so important. It's, it's a difficult one to rewrite. It 100% is because it's something that's like culturally put into a lot of people where they're shamed for wanting money. They're shamed for trying to think big or trying to accomplish big things. And I think that the big, the big approach that I take with coaching clients is I just ask the questions. I think everyone knows the answer for themselves. Everyone knows how to get past that unlock and they're going to be able to do it themselves if you ask them the right questions. So for me personally, I like to ask people that have that. I like to ask them, you know, what is your belief system on money? A lot of them will say money is a famous quote, money is the root of all evil. Where did that come from? Do you really believe that? If you had more money, what would you do with it? A lot of people think money is evil, but money is just a big magnifying glass. That's all it is. If you're an asshole, you're going to be a rich asshole. If you're a nice person, you're going to be a really rich, nice person that gives money away. And the majority of people on this planet are good people. They're nice people. They want to do good things with the money. <laughs> like mm-hmm. You're not going to do anything mm-hmm. bad. And once I, what I realized is once you give that unlock, once you give that permission to somebody of like, it's okay. If you get money, you're going to do good things with it. It allows them to understand like, Hey, this is an opportunity for empowerment. This is an opportunity for impact. I'm not being greedy by wanting to go and get wealthy so I can support my family. So I can retire my family, retire my parents, whatever it is. I'm actually doing good. It also allows them to tap into a why factor that will help motivate them to overcome the challenges while they go and get the money. Wow. Yeah. And that's, I think everyone needs to reframe and think exactly as you just did. And I had a guest on uh, Brad Blazer. I don't know if you're familiar Mm -hmm. with him. You know, Brad? Yeah. Yeah, He's awesome. And he was talking, he shared this whole story about how he had like, he broke down money and how a family member had cancer, right? Mm-hmm. And having the money made all of the difference in that situation because it wasn't about being greedy or being money's the root of all evil or like rich people do bad things. It was about I have the money because I put in the work and you're selfish yeah. if you don't allow yourself to get to that level because you're not able to make the impact that mm-hmm. you'd be able to without it. Like that, that yeah. it's just the fact of the matter. You need money. And I think so many people need to rewrite how they're thinking about it. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like you the money is gonna be there one way or another. Are you going to have to rely on someone else to support you? Or are you going to be able to help other people? Like I'm going to need to get treatment one way or another. Am I going to have to be a challenge to my family to have them pay for it? Or am I going to be able to pay for it myself? My parents are not the best in health. 
So I want to make sure that I help them with everything that they're going through as well. Like the money needs to be paid by somebody. Are you going to put yourself out there, push yourself enough to be the person that helps out or the person that unfortunately everyone needs to help out? It's a powerful question to ask. You guys should definitely think about that, especially anyone who's uh, struggling with money and their blueprint and start reframing it as the more money you have, the more of an impact positively you can make. And from there, it just starts to flow because I feel like people reject it when they have those bad beliefs around it and they think it's evil and you're repelling it away. And people mm-hmm. wonder why they're, you know, in, in debt and can't pay their bills and they're always behind and they're always struggling because yeah. they're repelling it. Yeah. And I, I and I, I definitely want to give props, you know, where props is given. Um, I think that Grant changed my philosophy a lot on money with all the books. And if you guys haven't read his books, please do. Um, his books completely changed my life. Like the time that I stumbled across his work, I was literally kind of taking a minimalist approach to life not saying that's wrong if anyone in your audience is but it's completely different philosophy than how I live now I was making my own pickles I was cutting coupons I was refurbishing my own freaking um, furniture I I was saving every single damn penny (laughs) which is a completely different philosophy than how I take towards money now or a lot of the wealthy people take so it's just a matter of figuring out one what works well for you and then two figuring out a way of like okay how do I go out there and make more money how do I go out there and focus on you know generating more cash flow so I have more freedom so I can go and do the things that benefit my life and move my life forward absolutely I love that and I I think that's all fantastic advice so one thing I, I wanted to ask you that I've been thinking about throughout this podcast, it's like all of the, this adversity and stuff that you've gone through, is it something that you're still dealing with on a daily basis? And how do you push through that? Because I think a lot of people do go through things like you've, you've gone through and then that's their story and that's why they can't, why they can't do anything and they let it define them. And even if something is ongoing, like they always let that be the excuse. And I, I love how you've just, this happened you're like, it is what it is. It's part of my story. You've used adversity to your advantage and you've kept it moving. What's your advice to people who've gone through that stuff? And like, what do you do to keep moving every single day? Yeah. So to be clear, everything hurts like hell still all the time. Um, right now I probably about have about an eight to 10, uh, migraine and it hasn't gone away for two days. Uh, my brain still doesn't fit into my skull. Um, I also have another condition connected to the neurological disorder, which feel free to look it up. I don't know when this is going up, but September is Chiari malformation awareness month, which is the neurological disorder I have. There's another condition connected to it called Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, which is where your joints and your bones dislocate spontaneously. So if you guys ever see me in public and you hug me, my whole spine will crack. Everything hurts like hell right now. But here's the thing. That's still, that's not going to go away. <laughs> the adversity is not going to go away. The one thing, and I don't mean to be a pessimist, that is inevitable in life is adversity. What are you going to do with it? Are you going to be a victim? Are you going to have a pity party? You're going to have a woe me? Or are you going to make something good out of it? For me, it's a fight every single day. It's chronic illness. But I have a why that's much bigger than me. I understand that this adversity is not just about me. I understand that there are people watching me with the same condition or different adversities or whatever. And I have a responsibility to be the best version of myself. I don't do any of this crap for myself. I do it because I understand I have a responsibility to be the best version of myself. That's so powerful. And I love you talking about your why, because I, what we do in our network marketing business, one of the first things I do when I I get people and pull them in is figure out what their why is. And people Mm -hmm. 
leave it so surface level. One of the, my favorite things I've learned was from the KBB course by Dean Graziosi and Tony Robbins. They do a seven levels deep exercise to really yeah. dig into what your why is. And is that something like you focus on digging your, the people you work with, like digging deep and peeling back the layers to find their why? Because I feel like that's what keeps people in the game. Oh, a hundred percent. I'm a firm believer that if your why doesn't make you cry, then it's not really your why. Like you need to keep digging deeper and deeper and deeper. And like I said, the way, main way that I do coaching is I ask questions. So mm -hmm. I asked questions to one of my clients the other day um, that is massively successful. They've gone on to absolutely dominate their industry. And I was like, why do you push yourself this hard to do this? And they started breaking down the reason why. And they found out it's because they lost a family member and that, you know, this was their big thing of like, okay, I'm going to be financially independent so I can help as many people as I can in honor of this person. Like once you dig into that, why there's absolutely nothing that can hold you back for me personally, a big why that I tapped into when I got sick. And when I had the brain surgery is I saw a lot of people within the community uh, of the Kiari malformation community that were passing away spontaneously due to neurological sleep apnea. They were doing fine and they just wouldn't wake up. I saw one person get 22 full-blown brain surgeries within a two-year-long period. 22 brain surgeries in a, a two-year-long period. There's people that were bedridden. There was people, there's this one gal that I'll never forget. At the age of 17 years old, she graduated early um, for, with her high school degree, her high school diploma had a headache, was not feeling very well, already had brain surgery a couple years ago, was released, and she had a follow-up appointment booked with her neurosurgeon the day after graduation. She didn't wake up, 17 years old, died spontaneously. So I live in memory of those that no longer are here. I live in memory of those that are still bedridden because I have the blessed opportunity to build around this. Some people are not that fortunate. So you got to find that why you got to find that purpose that digs in deeper that will take you to the next level. And I could even see your state change as you were breaking that down because of how powerful it is, you know, and, and you're right. It's, it has to have that emotional anchor to it. And mm -hmm. I, I believe too, in, in many trainings we've done, we've gotten people up in front of the room and asked them and like peeled back those layers and peeled back those layers. And almost every single time there's tears involved. Mm -hmm. And that's a layer it's got to get to though. It's like, financial freedom or like that. Yeah, sure. That's a result, but financial freedom isn't why you're out here yeah. every single day dealing with the pain working, even when, you know, all you want to do is give up. It's way deeper than that. And people, yeah. you need to get to that level in order to keep going because entrepreneurship's tough and, and just mm -hmm. success in general, like it's going to take everything out of you. Like you got to dig deep. A hundred percent. Yeah. To become successful, whatever it is, whether you're getting a new job, whether you're starting a business, whether you're getting in shape, it's going to require you to literally overcome and beat the person that you used to be. Like you're literally becoming a new person. It's going to be painful. It's going to suck. Like it is, mm -hmm. but you're going to have to fight that person. And in order to fight that person, you better have a damn good reason why you're fighting it. Absolutely. Um, so I would love to ask you throughout your business and I mean, I, there's so much adversity, but like, what is one of the biggest obstacles you've overcome in building your, your coaching business? Mm -hmm. You know, I would say the biggest thing that I overcame, um, and I think everyone that goes through this or everything that builds something, everyone who builds something uh, probably goes through this is the feeling of imposter syndrome, the feeling of, you know, why would anybody listen to me? And I think a lot of people have amazing ideas. They have amazing stories. They have amazing everything. But until you can get out of your own mind and understand the fact that you do belong in whatever it is you're trying to do, 
you're never going to be able to create it. And that for me, I think was the biggest hurdle that I have faced while building this business. I think I, I love that you brought that up because I think everyone faces that at one point or another to some extent, especially in the industry of coaching or anything where you're helping other people like perform better because you look at, you look at someone like Grant, right. And you're like, well, I haven't built this massive real estate empire worth billions of dollars. You're like, who am I to go and teach people? Right. So mm -hmm. what ways, what's some advice you could give to overcome that? Because that's something that everyone struggles with. You know, I want to say the biggest thing that helped me overcoming it um, was when I first started doing videos, I was terrified of doing videos. I never wanted to be on camera. I just hated it. I was terrified, you know, that I was going to get on camera, just blank out and forget what I was doing or whatever it was. But the big thing that helped me was going back and watching Gary Vaynerchuk's videos when he first started. And he talks about this a lot. And I quote exactly what he says. He said, that when he first started doing videos, he started doing Wine Library, that he looked like a hostage in a basement. That's what one of his videos says about it. <laughs> and once you go back and you look at these people that you idolize, that you that are your mentors, that you're following, or that you think are unattainable, and you look at how they first started, you realize like, hey, they weren't born this way. No one just comes freaking flying out and like, hey, you know, now I'm magical at doing videos and great at sales. Like that doesn't happen. I've never met a baby that's good at doing sales. I don't know about you. <laughs> no one's born that way. So once you're, when you're in the imposter syndrome, if you can look back at your mentors or your idols or whatever it is and look at where they were at or how they started, you realize like, hey, no one's naturally just gifted at this shit. They just worked a lot and then got good at it and it will help you a lot with working past that have you ever read the book shoe dog by phil knight i don't think so you should you should read that one it's just about basically phil knight the founder of nike it's the whole story from the beginning to what he mm -hmm. built it to and it's one of my top five favorite books because like you just said like we see nike it's everywhere all the biggest athletes in the world are wearing it. it's on every yeah. commercial every billboard but what you don't see is that this conglomerate started by Phil Knight going to high school track meets and flipping mm. shoes out of his trunk. Like that's yeah. where it got going. And then you don't see like the trips he was going back and forth overseas and how much went wrong and how many times Nike should have been destroyed to get to where yeah. it's at. And I think it, with, it, with entrepreneurs, like when you're starting, there's such a big contrast and it's so important to do things. Like you said, just watching Gary's videos and when he started wine library or reading books mm. where you see where these people actually started because then you're actually able to conceptualize. You're like, wait a minute, like this person, it's easy to think that they were always that way or they were born with something you didn't. But when you yeah. see Ernie, like it just changes your entire perspective. Yeah, absolutely. It's, and it's, it's once again, that separation from the emotional reaction. A lot of people, they'll see those people and they're like, oh, I'm not good enough or I'm not good at, you know, I'm not gonna, worthy of doing that or whatever it is. And once you can put things into a system, once you put things into a pattern, once you can take the emotions out of it and look at it analytically, it'll give you power and you can look at it and say, hey, you know what, this is the success that other people have created from the same background, different backgrounds or whatever. And this is the system. These are the habits they have and how I can mimic it in my own way to get myself there as well. Spot on. I love everything about your message. Like you're, you're spitting straight fire here. Um, what, what like going forward? So like in career wise, vision wise, legacy wise, like where are you trying to take things? Like what's, where do you see yourself going and bringing this business to? 
So I want to, and I write this down every day, I want to be like the female Tony Robbins, if you will, like that big of a name brand, if you will, in the speaking and coaching aspect of things. Um, I want to absolutely dominate the marketplace. I think that when it comes to coaching and motivational speaking, they're not as many females as I'd love to see. And I want to help uplift women to go and create those roles for themselves, go and be those voices as well as be my own voice um, and help as many people as possible. So I want to become that big of a name brand. Um, I want to be world renowned motivational speaker. I want to help cure Chiari malformation to the point where it doesn't, you know, it exists, but it's curable versus being something that people have to live with for the rest of their lives. And I want to create complete financial freedom for myself and my family. Um, I've got it as a goal to help with retiring my mother in the next three years and paying off their house. So I'm all about making the impact as much as I can on this planet. I love your answer. And I think for everyone listening, you have to know, I, I think you ask people their vision or where they want to go and head sometimes, and they really don't have any idea. And you were just able to say, yeah, my vision. And you just laid out so much, like, you know, ex crystal clear exactly what you want and where you're going. So, so much respect, like everything I've asked you, I feel like you just have such an amazing, insightful answer for, and uh, just resonate. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I think people need to take note of that. Cause it's like, it's not like you're just, I can tell you're the truth. You know what I mean? Like you're not just out here talking about something like we were saying in the beginning, like you're living it and you're doing it. And I feel like what you're teaching, you're actually implementing yourself. And mm -hmm. I just have a lot of respect for that. Well, thank you. Yeah. I definitely want to lead by example. Like that's the thing. Like there's no point in me doing all this if I'm just going to go, go and eat ho-hos and Twinkies afterwards. <laughs> I need to make sure that I'm not full of shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's true. It's true. And people, people do that. It really, it's frustrating to see like people try to, it's all, I guess, just trying to make quick money, I guess, but like seeing people put themselves out there, like they have these answers and they really just haven't lived it or gone through anything or like applied things to themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a hundred percent. And people see through that crap. That's the thing. Mm. Like the biggest thing about the internet is it's full transparency. You're basically putting your life up on a billboard. So you, you have to be leading by example or eventually it will come out. So uh, I just try to be as transparent as possible. Yeah. Well, you're doing a great job. And so as we kind of get to the end here, is there anything like any pieces of value that you want to share with the listeners, like in terms of like what you do to help people become high performers or like how you work with your clients? Is there like a, maybe like one or two things you want to share that um, maybe changes your clients or has made the biggest difference for you? The number one thing I think that a lot of people, um, need to tap into and i really always try to enforce this is you need to look at your community you need to look at your community at the people that are around you are the people around you a bunch of sick people that are not pushing themselves are the people around you a bunch of people that are broke that are just sitting there at the bar with their loser friends hanging out talking about how much they hate their lives you need to look at your circle of influence and the people within your life with the day and age of the internet there's no reason that you should be wasting your time with people that are not your future and what you want to be. You have unlimited access to a community of whatever the hell you want. Like just go on Facebook and type in a Facebook group of, I like Smurfs <laughs> and you'll find like 500 people. So you can create your own community however you want to. And I really want to empower people to do that. Find a community and you can feel free to join my free community. Um, find a community of like-minded people that are chasing the next level of themselves. It doesn't matter what state you're in, what town you're in. I'm in a small state myself, in a small town myself. 
you can go out there and create your own community regardless to where you're at. So I'd love to empower people to do that. Once you start changing the people around you, everything changes. Love that. I'm, I'm always preaching community and the people you surround yourself with is dictates everything. And mm-hmm. on my last episode, I was just talking that you got to protect your energy. Like it's the motherfucking Holy grail. Like it, <laughs> it is, it's, it's, it is the Holy grail. It literally is. Yeah. Uh, another, like the last question I always like to ask my guests, because a lot of what I teach, like I said earlier about my book is that the most important lessons I've learned to get to the level of success I've at least had so far have come from outside of traditional school. And I like to ask, what is the number one thing that you've learned to help you become successful that came from outside of a classroom? Mm, that's a tough one, man. I, I am really nerdy, man. I watch like three hours of random videos all the time. Like, <laughs> that's kind of my thing um i would say that the number one thing that i learned at a very young age is that there's another opportunity there's another existence outside of where you grew up or the situation in which you grew up Mm. sometimes when you grow up in poverty you grow up in a lot of violence you grow up in whatever it is you think that's the only damn way life is and the biggest thing for me is I like to go on YouTube and I like to watch videos of really wealthy people, really happy people, and understand that there's another way of life, that it doesn't need to just be what you were born into, that you can change it. So for me, that, that came from a lot of just educating myself on YouTube. Like that's, that's basically how I got the majority of my education. <laughs> in all honesty, even when I was in college, I just YouTubed everything. I just like to go on YouTube and look up the people that I want to be like, look at the people that are living the lives that I want to live and then to educate myself the way that they did. So is YouTube where you went to for the primary, like the, the, the most source of your self-education? Oh, hands down. Well, YouTube wasn't around too much until I got into college. So the majority of my self-education was just done by uh, my brother's old GED book. And um, once I got to 16 years old, I think I took one, maybe two late night GED courses that were like four weeks long, um, where I just met with this random kind of tutor that was free and kind of just winged it. (laughs) Um, And I was working at a fast food place at that time. So I just went and saved up as much money as I could and then got done with my shift there and then rode my bike to take my GED test and was like, all right, I hope I pass because this is all the money I have. (laughs) Wow. That was my education up to um, the point of 16 or 17 whenever I got that and then I just started college from there on out and did the majority of my education on YouTube um, trying to find videos to walk me through that because I definitely struggled with dyslexia and did not have the time to read all my textbooks so the majority of everything I I learn I learn visually and I watch off YouTube Wow. That's incredible. So if you guys are listening, there are literally no excuses. Like if you guys have listened to this episode, there's no excuses. We can literally, I mean, if you have gone on to do all this stuff, like it's just so incredible to me. Like sometimes we play the victim and we think we have situations that are bad, but it's always incredible to hear from other people who've gone through quite frankly, like things that are a lot more intense than you have and seeing them like, like just listening to you, like working at a fast food restaurant, taking your bike, putting all your money to a GED, learning on YouTube, dealing with these surgeries and just going on to not play the victim from it. Like when you said I have an eight to 10 migraine, like if I had gotten on this with a small migraine, I probably would have been like, oh man, like this sucks. But just your attitude and everything, like how you're carrying yourself is amazing. So this was honestly, I'm so honored to have you on our show. And I thank you so much for just taking the time to share your wisdom and knowledge with all our guests. 
Well, thanks so much, man. That means a lot. And I'm definitely with you. Like we have unlimited accessibility to all the knowledge in the world right now. So mm. I, I think it's an amazing awakening of opportunity if we can learn it and apply things into our lives. So for sure. Yeah, for sure. So you were talking about your masterclass and everything before. Where can people connect with you, learn more about you, your business, join your class? Yeah, so feel free to add me on Instagram. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, everywhere, M. Jackson Inspire. And um, basically what this is, is it's a huge accountability group. The big thing that I found when I was trying to rebuild everything is I needed to change my community. I needed to find accountability partners. I needed to find someone that was pushing me to be the next level of myself. So after that, I just decided to put together my own accountability group. So we do, we're an intense group of people. We do morning check-ins, midday check-ins, nightly check-ins, and weekly masterminds. We'd love to have you guys join. It's a completely free group, and we're all just about reaching that next level and want to really make an impact on this planet. Awesome. I love awesome. it. And I'll put all of your social media handles and your group in the show notes so people can find it easier. But again, Melissa, thank you so much for all the value you brought. And you guys listening, if you got any value from today's show, which you 100% must have, because I'm sitting here learning and like I feel like I've gotten so many takeaways from this, just share the episode with a, a friend who needs to hear a message. and. Just pay it forward. That's all we really ask. And other than that, thank you guys for tuning in today and we will catch you on the next episode. 